Hi everyone, my name is Camille Kealana. I'm one of the co-founders here at Pop-Up Commons. Today on our podcast, um, I will be doing the introduction as opposed to Miranda. <laughs> so it's my first time. <laughs> so take it easy on me, okay? So if you guys don't know, Pop-Up Commons started the Pop-Up Podcast, which actually is calling all entrepreneurs within the Omaha, Nebraska area um, for us to showcase them. So if you have anybody that you want to nominate or that you want to send our way, then go ahead and visit our website and submit them. And we would love to have them. The purpose of this is to obviously share everyone's stories. So we are inspired by everyone's journey and their entrepreneurship journey, wherever it may be. Maybe they're just starting out. Maybe they're in transition or maybe one opportunity is coming to an end and another opportunity is opening. So we are looking for all those fun stories to tell. Um, also to give advice and some key takeaways for anybody who is inspired or wanting to start their own business and really paint a good picture for what that type of journey would look like um, and talk about it. Today, we have a new guest, which Miranda's gonna introduce. So I will let Miranda introduce. Hi guys, you know me, I'm Miranda Taylor. I'm usually the one that introduces this podcast, but Camille did a wonderful job. It wasn't bad, it wasn't bad. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, who don't like get to see us on the screen and just listen, I'm pretty sure Camille wears the exact same thing every podcast. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> so I just, I just wanted to point that out and let everybody laugh. With that being said, I'm Miranda Taylor, one of the co-founders of Pop Up, and I get the pleasure and the honor of introducing somebody I just met about 30-ish minutes ago. Her name is Nikki Mahoney, and she wears lots of hats, which I am very fond of because I wear lots of hats as well. So this episode is going to be full of rabbit trails, twists and turns, and talking about hats that aren't really hats. It's a figurative, like, figurative languages. With that being said, Nikki... I would love for you to introduce yourself and all the hats you wear. Well, my name is Nikki Mahoney, like you said, and where to begin. Um, honestly, Summon Substance is probably my biggest hat I wear right now. And Summon Substance is a company that I started seven years ago to do bookkeeping, accounting, small business consulting, just really helping those small business owners know where they are in their business. Am I making money? How can I make more money? Am I priced right? How do I price my products and services? And going over and making sure that their financials are in good order so that when they go to the CPA, the CPA isn't asking like, what do I do with check number one, two, three? What the heck was this for? It's more of a way to talk about what your goals are and get that good tax planning from your CPA. Please don't ask me to do your income tax returns. That's not me. She's like, I, I'll refer you. Like, I will refer you to someone to do that for sure. <laughs> but if you've got payroll or payroll tax returns, all that weird little stuff that people... Okay, let's be honest. With your entrepreneurial stuff, did you go into business to do accounting? No, but I like numbers. Well, that's good at least. And spreadsheets. <laughs> that's good at least. I mean, a lot of people, that is the least thing that they want to pay attention to when they start a new business. They just want to go do what they love. Because people don't start businesses to do what they hate. They started to do what they love. That's true. How did you come up with that name? Some and substance. Um, just, it was a, 
it took a while. It was not the easiest thing to come up with. I wanted something that was kind of clever, but profit and loss or, you know, stuff like that, that people normally associate with accounting and financials. It's a play on words with the, yeah. so it's some S-U-M and substance. What is the, the substance of what I'm making? What am I doing? How am I putting this together? And that also touches a little bit with the financial consulting that we do as well for those businesses. And are you a one woman show or do you have a team? I might have a little bit of control issues from time to time. <laughs> I had some great contractors who were working for me and they both started doing amazing things in their career. And when I start, when I say great people, one's now a very successful bank auditor. And the other one is a very successful farm insurance industry person. And they, they didn't, they didn't need to be doing data entry for me anymore. And now I'm working with um, a friend of mine's daughter. She is my intern. I actually held this girl when she was born in the hospital and she's in college now and she's been doing some internship work for me. I've had several interns over the years and am trying to figure out how to give up some control. You know, <laughs> most entrepreneurs, okay, they are control freaks. <laughs> I'm saying this as somebody who is a control freak. Welcome to the club. Hi, <laughs> my name's Miranda and I'm a control freak. Hi, my name's Nikki, and I'm a control freak. <laughs> that makes that it's okay. It's totally okay. That is something I think a lot of people struggle with, and I feel like this is a good first conversation. Um, a, a lot of people struggle with, and it's figuring out when you have to give that hat up is one of the hardest things to do because you're like, okay, I know I can do this, but should I, is this really worth my time? Mm -hmm. Is it really worth the substance? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It no, mm -hmm. definitely we. Sorry, but <laughs> Go ahead. it's just one of those things that it's, I say a lot about people should be working on their business, not in their business. And I am the pot calling the kettle black nine times out of 10 when I'm helping people out. I'm sure you find the same thing with the consulting that you do with small businesses and you too. It's just one of those things that it's so easy to be like, well, I have the answers for you. Oh, Maybe I should apply them to myself once in a while. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, piggybacking off of that. Um, so for everyone who is at that stage of you're doing everything right, there comes a point where you need to pivot and transition to take a look at what you consume from an hourly standpoint within your week. So if you take your whole entire week and you actually log how many hours that you spend on X, Y, and Z, okay, take it at the end of the week, quantify that into a spreadsheet, then take a look at it and say, okay, this is a time suck of my time. Is it contributing to my business? Is this something that I can outsource? Is this something that I can give to somebody else? Do I need an intern? What can I do to get this off my plate to take back this amount of time that I can then invest in my business to where it needs to be invested in, whether that's going to networking events, whether that's, oh, I wanna get this training up and going or I wanna teach this class. So my best advice to those that are doing it all at this point in time and staying up until the you know wee hours of morning, <laughs> Miranda, um, is that you quantify <laughs> your week and then you, you, you take one week and you actually do some reflecting and say, what do I want my ideal week to look like? 
conquer your week. So say, hey, I want to spend this amount of time per week doing this. And then carve that time out and figure it out by looking at your previous weeks what you can take out so that way you can dedicate those hours into something that is actually growing your business. Because we often do it too many times because we're used to it, it's faster, I don't want to train somebody, I don't want to do X, Y, and Z. We come up with the stories that we tell ourselves that really then enables us to keep doing what we're doing, <laughs> which is <laughs> not good. So think about it that way, no, I need to, I need to really do some reflective work and figure that out and then, um, release and let go for a little bit. And yes, does training somebody to do all the ins and outs as you? Yes, per click, they may be slower, but it takes practice. You didn't master it right away. Um, when you first started out with your business, 99% of the time, I'm pretty sure it took you a little bit longer to figure things out, whether it was your website, whether it was your CRM system, your backend system, whatever it was, it probably took you a, a certain amount of time. So give that intern or whoever, 1099 contractor, whoever it is that you employ some grace. Because if it took you this long to master it, give them the same amount of time to master it and then allow them, allow them to, to take that time and then go and take that time back and invest it in something that is going to bring more ROI or more fulfillment to your business. And as somebody who was just personally attacked on the podcast, <laughs> <laughs> we're in in the morning, every morning. This is the thing. But with somebody like me, as things get put off my plate, I'll start to consume other things. Have you seen that meme where it's like the dog and like everything is burning around it? So there's mm -hmm. this little joke between me and my lender that if I'm not in that situation, I am not thriving. In a crisis situation. <laughs> because that's where I thrive. Like, mm -hmm. like in, in when I don't, when I have like dead space, oh, all my things are done. I'll stare at a wall for like three hours and be like, so when there's just never anything to be done, like when there's always just stuff that's like being put on your plate, you don't have to relax because you always have something to do. And oh, yeah. I, I don't want to do Sudoku. I don't, I don't, I don't, I want to read I read a book a day, but like, I don't want, I don't, I don't want, I don't want that. I don't know how to relax mm -hmm. and me relaxing it puts me in a toxic situation. But as somebody who also pot calls the kettle black, fun fact not everybody is the same, and the advice I give is sound, <laughs> even if I don't listen to it, because I'm different than you. But Oh, definitely. And you have to be able to apply it to your situation, mm -hmm. and it doesn't always work. I know I have been, you were talking about tracking your time. I have been doing some in substance for, well, since 2016 is when mm -hmm. I started, when I walked into my full-time job and said, oh yeah, by the way, I'm done in two weeks. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> but I kind of cleaned myself out of a position and that's yeah. what I've done since I graduated college. I've cleaned up other people's mess. I'm the one that people come to who are like, wow, I have a mess. I don't know what's going on and help get that into alignment and help get that together. But time blocking, stuff like that, that is so valuable, is so lost on me personally from time to time. Because like Miranda was saying, once I get a minute of free time, I find something to fill it in with. And I try to do Sudoku and it's like <laughs> I can do it for maybe a day or two or or if I'm on an airplane and I can't get Wi-Fi or, yeah. you know, something weird like that. And then I start filling it in with other things. When I left, 
that full-time job. I was in the quilting industry and I went on to start teaching for them. 30 minutes after I left the office on my last day of work, the VP of sales was calling me going, how soon can you go out on the road? And I was like, I just left 30 <laughs> minutes ago. So I always joke I was officially unemployed for 30 minutes. Okay. And um, it was just a way to fill in as I was building the business, some in substance, but it's something that I enjoy. And it is a hobby. I like to quilt. I know mm -hmm. I sound so frumpy and old when I say that, but there's so many cool things you can do nowadays. But I enjoy the industry. I enjoy being with the people. I enjoy going out there and teaching and interacting and helping them learn how to use tools or stuff like that. So, you know, yeah, it was another thing to fill in. And I feel like the type of person that is, like you said, you're a serial entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Me too. Like, it's either that or, like, you know, be a serial killer. And I feel like the choice that I made is better. Very good job. Oh, Very good yeah. Job. But come on. If I am going to have downtime, I'm totally, somebody's either got to be refurbing a house mm -hmm. or has died. <laughs> and there's always been jokes that if we could just find a murder mystery for somebody refurbing a house, Nikki would watch that show forever. But no, seriously, like, a lot of entrepreneurs, they have that mentality. So, like, um... People who, this is like a tip from one of my mentors a long time ago, because like I have a hard time sleeping. Um, my brain keeps going and going and going and going and going. And he's like, you need to just like keep a journal and like write everything down. Basically like purge your thoughts at the end of the day, try to get off of screens, read your book, do whatever you can do to try to like slow your brain down. And then when you first write, wake up in the morning, write everything back down. And some of those things come up with great ideas, but I'm not allowed to reflect back on them because my brain is over processing so much. So like if you're one of those people that can't go to sleep at night, try to write everything out and try to get your stream of consciousness out and then wake up first thing in the morning, review a couple of them and then build on it. That's been a habit for me that's helpful on what I really want to focus my day on and be intentional about my time. So like one of the things was <laughs> was for the new year to focus on my 5 a.m. habit, which I've been slacking on consistently, which is to go work out, right? And then now it's my podcast. So it's like, those are the types of things to keep you going and then shutting off your brain at night. But if you have an idea, write it down. And then right when you wake up in the morning, go back, reflect on it and keep building on it. Because 99% of the time, those are the best ideas. The best ideas. Mm -hmm. Come to Miranda at like 3 in the morning. I have a filing cabinet, guys. Like, we're, you open this can of worms. So, literally, I have a filing cabinet of business ideas. So, like, when people come to consult with me, I'm serious. Like, 9 times out of 10, I've already thought of this idea, and I'm just taking it out of that filing cabinet. There's one in my brain, and then there's also a physical one. Like, for plans and things like that, when I have somebody who comes to me and is like, oh, I want to cook for people and do this. Okay, I got a plan for you. I want to, like, these things that I don't do, mm -hmm. but, like, my brain decided that, oh, today on the Miranda show, uh -huh. we're going to play this situation <laughs> out. And then I do, and then I write it down, and it is a really good tool. And then you have a filing cabinet of... Things that you're never going to do, but they're helpful to other people. Yes. Anything that you can adapt to. It doesn't, even if it's not a specific cooking plan. I've had so many people come to me and be like, I have this idea. What do I do now? Well, here, I like have a template. Go answer these questions and you can, and I'm sure you have something exactly like that. 
where it's just like, go answer these questions and it makes you think. And it's something that's just mm -hmm. going to spark. Like, oh, how do I get there? What am I doing? Is this something functional? Because, I mean, it's got to be functional too. Yeah. Like, yeah. you can't just... I remember one time I was like, I'm going to open a recycle scrapbooking shop where all we do is buy other people's paper that they don't use and sell it to the others. And then I crunched the numbers and was like, I will never be able to survive off the profit margin of buying a piece of paper for 10 cents and selling it for 25. It was a fun idea. I had a lot of people who were like, that sounds awesome. Let's go do it. But it it's it wasn't a functional idea. Yeah. But asking the questions, mm -hmm. doing the market research, evaluating, which is probably how I got then to my next business. <laughs> hey, look what I did there. No, but so I traveled a lot by myself. And I used to joke that I had to absolutely have highly approachable tattooed on my forehead. And I was traveling by myself. And I would go out to dinner somewhere and just sit and try to eat my dinner. But I had a tattoo practically on my forehead that said highly approachable. And I'm a nice person. But sometimes you end up in somewhat scary situations because we're taught to be polite. We're taught to be nice. And so I realized I had to do something about that. I have three teenage, or, sorry, Kyrie. I have two teenage daughters and then I have my older daughter, Kyrie, who is your age, by the way. <laughs> so um, I'm definitely the old fart in the room today. But um, you're only as young as you feel and I feel like an 80 year old woman. So. Oh gosh, that's okay. <laughs> but so um, we just, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't let something happen to myself. And I started to recognize like, what am I going to do? And I, my youngest daughter decided she wanted to do martial arts. And I was just like, okay, I know <laughs> nothing about this world. And her dad took her and they started looking and we found a great martial arts studio, Steiner Academy of Martial Arts. And he ended up like talking us all into trying it. He didn't really have to talk us hard into it. I think we kind of already decided as a family. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was important for the girls to start to learn how to protect themselves a little bit more. And who knew that I loved martial arts? I sure didn't. I was a team sports kid growing up. And then over the years, we developed it into... Um, my company, Ballistic Buddies. And Sean, who runs the martial arts studio, works with me a lot on the programming that I do for Ballistic Buddies, but it's self-defense for women. And it's all kind of self-defense. We do anything from classes for like college age girls. You're sending your kid. We have this one kid, brilliant student, wonderful gal. She was getting ready to go to Loyola in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And we're like, dude, if you go two blocks in the wrong direction off camp, we were like, freshman year, maybe don't leave campus. <laughs> like that it's can be a little rough. I've got the college right in my head. This was several years ago, but we were doing a self-defense class and nine times out of 10, our self-defense class for these is more about being alert, being aware. And yes, we're going to teach you to call 
stuff, not like the crazy stuff that you see on the internet. We also highly recommend that you, it's an ongoing situation. You can't go to that 30 minute self-defense class at the Y and think you're gonna be okay because it's a perishable skill. You're gonna be really confident the first week after you take that class. In the second week, you're gonna remember a couple of things, but by the end of the month, God forbid something happened, you're gonna be like, oh my gosh, I just took that class. What the heck was I supposed to, didn't they say I was supposed, and you're gonna shut down and you're not gonna be able to respond. And with martial arts. So I've done martial arts like literally my whole life. Yeah. Um, when like I even like fought a little bit in college, um, semi-professionally, not really. I don't think it was legal. We won't talk about it, but um, my club. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, but that is one of those things that like I have a daughter and like even now, like we teach strength. We teach the confidence. We teach mm -hmm. those things because a lot of it is about that. And you know how you were talking about being approachable? Yeah. When you're a business owner and like I'm a realtor, right? A real estate agent. Like I go to houses alone. You know, mm -hmm. I sometimes meet strangers at, at random, random places. places. <laughs> yes. And at homes. You know, now they have yeah. an office, like it's in a safe place. Yeah. But, you know, like I'm alone a lot and like I've been mugged. Like I'm not going to lie about it. And it's so, it's so important. It's so important to, to teach even other entrepreneurs this. Like entrepreneurs yes. listening, if you are going on those one-on-ones, if you're going on the call, not everybody's a good person. And I grew up in small town America. So I also kind of grew up with the ideal that like everybody's nice, mm -hmm. but I'm lucky because I grew up with martial arts. Not everybody's that lucky. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, I didn't grow up with it. And I was a grown adult, like, you know, trying to figure out how to, I felt like somebody was teaching me how to walk in, in a couple of classes. They probably were teaching me how to walk. <laughs> but um, like after I started doing that and started that journey before I started Ballistic Betty's, I started to notice people left me alone because I was carrying myself differently because I was more aware of what was going on around mm -hmm. me. And then over the years, like I said, it developed into Ballistic Betty's and we do all sorts of self-defense training, but we also do, I'm a certified firearms instructor. I, you think that's what you need. I will help you do it appropriately and responsibly. And a piggyback off of that, even if it's a firearm or whether you guys are in martial arts classes, it's good. It's a repetitive skill. Mm -hmm. So it's similar to like when you write and you have that hand-eye coordination skill and you're committing things to memory. So it's the same thing when it comes to martial arts, self-defense, or even with your firearm. You're supposed to go to the firing range. You're supposed to be equipped very well with your firearm and know the ins and outs of it. So it's the same philosophy to apply to martial arts as well. Like how you were saying after like, week two, week three, you kind of forget, right? You have to commit that to muscle memory. Um, yes. So always do a repeat class here and there to just kind of spruce up your skills. It's the same for any type of entrepreneur class that you take. Maybe it's the goal ideation that every does every January. Maybe you follow up in six months, right? Because then it brings back to memory all the things maybe that you maybe have forgotten um, and then fine tune those skills. So anything, it's even with your craft, whether you're quilting, whether you're a vendor that loves to do earrings or clay polymer earrings, whatever it is, you have to hone in on your craft. It's the same thing applied here, just in a different realm. So just think about that on your entrepreneurship journey. It doesn't necessarily always have to be, I have to take this class, this certification. Sometimes it can be just doing this for your safety. And as a domestic violence survivor, um, it's crucial because 
people don't know this, but everywhere that I go, I know where every exit is. I know how many steps it takes me to get to a door. Those are the types of things that most people wouldn't when they mm-hmm. see me. They wouldn't be like, oh, you know, she's worried about where the exit is or she's worried about this. You wouldn't know that because you wouldn't know my story by that time. But uh, again, people aren't necessarily always approachable to me because of how I carry myself, I notice, or because I know and I know how to position myself in a room to where my back isn't facing because I wouldn't want an altercation or something to, to behind me because of how I have to turn to address that situation. So there's little things here and there. If you guys haven't observed somebody in a coffee shop or in a normal setting, please do. Or don't, don't be so um, demanding of people who back into parking stalls. Um, it's taught sometimes for a fast escape for those yep. with um, domestic violence to escape their predator um, or whoever is trying to harm them. Um, so please give grace to those. I know a lot of people complain, oh, why is this person backing up? You never, ever really know their story, but think about it in that lens as well. Um, it may be the easiest way to escape a situation that they're uncomfortable with or they have to get to safety for. Um, so just be aware of that. So I'm actually glad that you talked about that because you wouldn't have gone into that if it wasn't for a martial arts class. Yeah, I would have never, I don't, I was just going to say, I don't think I would have ever have gotten so into it and realized the passion and all the people. I mean, I've been so lucky. I've worked with so many domestic abuse survivors. I have dealt with people who have had tragedy with other family members in their lives and there are times where like I've had women's self-defense classes where I've gotten done and been like I have 16 people's stories in my heart now as to why I do this and I can't believe that in this room there are 16 stories And guess what? There were only 16 people in that class, but it's a thing. Mm -hmm. And if we can just empower and remember and teach, I mean, I do it to the point where I go to LA to train with people once a year. I'm going again in February and we do adrenal stress training. So I go to LA, I'm already off a time zone Mm -hmm. and now I'm not going to start training until about eight o'clock at night. Because Doc Chappelle, who I train with out there, he is an amazing man, but he has been on night shift for his entire life. So we start at like 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. L.A. time. And we go until about 1, sometimes 2. Sometimes he's nice and we stop at midnight because he realizes we're all getting a little older and we're tired. But I wake up and I still have to do my day job while I'm out on the road and I'm doing all of this stuff and just having that stress training and all of that. And that's not for everyone. And not everyone has to do that. But I have to do that so that I can share with the people who come to me, like, how am I going to do this? What Mm -hmm. am I going to do? So I can stand with the woman who is ready to overcome her fear of whatever it is that's holding her back. I've stood with women in a firing range as they cried and fired a gun and were like, okay, I did it. Mm-hmm. And been like, yeah, that's awesome. If you want to do it again, go for it. And then be like, you know what? I do want to do it again and have that release. But they had some experience, whether somebody was hurt in the past or somebody, you know, mm-hmm. it's just great to have that, to have that experience. And it kind of goes back to the accounting stuff, which sounds crazy, but it's that small business owner. It's that getting to experience that joy of what they've overcome, what they're doing, what they understand. I understand my business better. 
I understand my safety and well-being better. And for all the moms out there, please make time to make sure that you're taking care of yourself in a physical manner when you're out and about because those kids need you. And a lot of times when I teach women and I'm like, yell at me. Cause you know, we talk about using your voice and stuff like that. I'm like, yell at me. Like I'm your kid who just ran into the road. Oh yeah. That's the voice we need to use. Or don't think about doing it for yourself. I'm protecting myself so that kid has me in five years and 10 years and 15 years. And I mean, dads too, they have to think about stuff. Mm -hmm. Anyone can potentially be put in a situation that's unsafe. Yep. We had that um, shooting at Target that mm -hmm. was in our area, right? Mm -hmm. And then a lot of moms were at Target with their kids. A lot of friends as well that I had known, yeah. you know, they didn't know how to respond in those like situations. They were scared, you know, so, so anything as far as like giving somebody some reassurance or knowing mm -hmm. what to do in those, like I was in the Navy. So a lot of things we practice drills all the time, right? <laughs> so it's just like, it's just, you just second nature, you know, yeah. but I didn't realize like you're traveling with your kids. It's different. When you have to defend yourself, but then you also have to protect your kids, it's a different element. It's, it's a completely different, different element. And how do you know? How do I make sure that my kids are are safe, right? And train mm -hmm. them so that they're aware. So just like an FYI for 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 all the moms out there as well, when you're out and about, so you still have to be cognizant not just of your kids, but even your surroundings. And also, you have to start to teach your kids about being being observant being vigilant and how to do that and obviously i'm pretty sure there's a bunch of classes that could help help <laughs> do that um my kids are 13 3 and 2 so my 3 and 2 year old they're not going to understand but my 13 year old definitely does um but definitely start teaching them at a young age um mm -hmm. so that that way they're aware because that just happened like recently in our neighborhood yeah that was, that was a lot scary. too long ago and when you're going out by yourself like single mom here you know when you're going out by yourself like I avoid going out alone with my kids just in general and I know sometimes you can't avoid, can't right. avoid it especially when you're the only caregiver but like mm -hmm. people make it sound weird but if I'm not going to be surrounded by somebody who can support me it's not a safe situation for me because one of my kids is autistic so if I'm holding on to him and you know and then my daughter she's like a sasshole so like <laughs> you've got this, this dynamic here that I can handle but it's not as, it's not safe. Like, it's mm -hmm. literally not safe right. for me to go to the grocery store with my kids. Like, it's just, yeah. it's not, and so drive up it is. Like, it is mm -hmm. not, it is not safe for me to, you know, always go to the park with the kids by myself, like, mm -hmm. at certain hours. Like, meet a friend. And if you don't have that and you're isolated, reach out to me. Got lots of groups. With that being said, I also want to talk about this card that we pulled because I think it's very fitting with what we've been talking about because we've been talking about, you know, all these different things that have happened to us and it's led to this, led to that, led to all these other things, led to all these hats that we wear, right? Yeah. And the card that she pulled today was, today I'm accepting, today I will open my heart and listen with an open mind to new ideas and opportunities. With that being said, make sure you're not shutting down ideas because it may be weird or different. Like a martial arts class to you may have been weird or uncomfortable. Oh my gosh, it was so weird. <laughs> it was so weird. They, they, they will tell you that I barely spoke to anyone for the first six months. 
I just showed up and did what they told me to do because I was so out of my environment. Mm -hmm. And then one day I started talking. <laughs> and then they were like, oh my oh. gosh, which is, and they were like, you clearly just, that was the day that Nikki decided we were all okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's about feeling uncomfortable because um, yeah. a lot of times that's what um, pursues the most growth um, for a lot of our entrepreneurs is hey, I went to something that I didn't think that I was going to like or I was putting off or I said, oh, I wasn't going to, you know, whatever story that they tell themselves. And then they end up making maybe that one connection for them that then propels them into the next stage or arena of their business. So always be open-minded to those. Miranda says all the time to invite yourself to, to tables, right? Invite mm -hmm. yourself to tables you maybe have never sat at before, but you want to go to, just go and do it. There's a lot of networking opportunities here. Um, the Chamber puts a lot on. There's coffee and connections. Miranda's doing one here for pop-up, so for the kids' table. So if you need a networking or you want to say, hey, I want to start meeting new people, reach out to us. We'll definitely <laughs> send you invites to everything that's going on <laughs> um, and, and get you maybe uncomfortable. And if you need a buddy, you can be your buddy. Um, and Miranda's gone shopping with me. We went to Costco before. So I mean, like it happens if you need a shopping buddy or if you need the overstimulation of shopping, by the way, I don't like. So that's when Miranda and I went shopping. So if you're overly mm. stimulated and another mom that just can't do Costco or Walmart, Target, whatever it is, and you need a buddy like Miranda and I are this in the same boat, we will go shopping with you. Legit. We've done it before. Put some headphones on and just did our shopping. Or if you need to meet a new friend and go to a networking event, um, invite one of us to go with you. We'd love to go with you. Rosa does too. She does a lot of stuff in the community. So just ask. We'll be your yeah. B-U-D-D-Y. Yeah. Listen to this, guys. Like anytime there's food, like it's free food. Like, it's like an open invitation, okay? That's how, that's how they get you. Like, yeah, totally. Like, if there's coconut there, I'll probably back off a little bit because I'm allergic to it. But, you know, if there's, you know, a little bit of hors d'oeuvres or a charcuterie board, like, you know. But be careful because, you know, that's what cults do, too. <laughs> they better really join our cult. No. But, I mean, yeah, definitely. And I wouldn't be where I was today without networking. I spent the first, gosh, the first couple of years, it was just a hustle. It was like two, three, four networking events and word of mouth. I mean, I'm an accountant by trade. Accountants are only as good as their name. So word of mouth has always been the best way for me to find people or for people to find me even because, you know, so-and-so said so-and-so and, and, you know, somehow I pop up. Um, it's very rare that somebody Googles and randomly contacts me <laughs> because they found me on Google. Um, it's always, well, so-and-so said to call you, or I didn't know that you did that. I thought you only did this. Can mm -hmm. you help me with that? But those networking opportunities, no matter how scared you are, are going to open up so many doors. And remember, too, just if you have great people supporting you, like if Miranda goes with you or Camille goes with you or I go with you, you're not going to sit there and stand and talk to me or Miranda and Camille. We're going to pressure you. We're going to push you to get out of your box. You need to talk to other people. And it can be very scary and very intimidating. But the more you do it, the easier it is. And it's just... I don't know. It just, it is what it is, but it's what you got to do because no, but we're not playing business. Mm -hmm. We're doing business. Yeah. If you're it's, playing business, you, 
get out of business. Yeah. yeah. And it's weird too, because one of my clients, the goal was that each networking opportunity that we went to, she had to talk to three people. We knew people. It couldn't be people that she knew. And then we started working what we call working the room, right? I mean, at first she was like, I can't do this. We practice. It's not really like a pitch, but it's just like her intro of who she is. She practiced it, practice it, practice it. And she was like terrified the first networking thing we went to. And I was like, it'll be fine. It's just builder trend. We're just chilling. You know, there's some surveys and some games that we're playing. It's all cool. It's a legit, like it was fun. It was a fun, relaxed environment. I'm like, just be yourself. At the end of the day, be your authentic self. Don't look at it as like, oh, I have to like pitch my business or whatever. Yes, you're going to talk about it, but be true to yourself. And if you're true to yourself, your business is going to naturally come out. Um, sure. And then the, the first time she's like, oh, this was fun. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know, now she goes all the time by herself. I don't even get an invite. Um, I've seen her at the Greater Chamber of Omaha. I didn't get that invite. So, I mean, and now she's in an accelerator program. Like she's doing a lot of things because that little momentum and it's caught, it's talks about setting little goals for yourself, right? So for her, it was to network with an X amount of people. I'm like, oh, that's too big of a number. Like, that's just way too much. We're going to start in small little increments. So each networking event, you're going to pick two networking events to go to. I want you three here, new people, three here. And what I want you to do is for every person that you meet, after you meet them, I want you to make sure that there's one thing that you remember about them, your business card, and you're going to keep like a Rolodex with you. So that way, you know. So then when you see them at the next one, you remember exactly one little tidbit that triggers your memory about what you talked about so that you can relax and relate and you start to build your network on those. And then the next networking event. So every single time, then she ended up doubling her number, which I was like, oh, great. I didn't ask you to do that. But I mean, that's <laughs> great, too. Um, and now she talks about her business all the time. It's just a natural thing. It's like how we talk about ourselves when you introduce yourselves, when you go to kindergarten. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't really, people couldn't pronounce my name because it was Hawaiian. But I mean, I remember introducing myself to people with my full Hawaiian name and everybody looked at me like I was crazy. So, I mean, it's the same principle, right? You introduce yourself, you get to know one another. And then those people remember you because you remembered one thing about them. So whenever you're thinking about that, it's about those genuine connections. And you're going to gravitate towards people, by the way, that exude the same energy or have the same niche or same focus as you, it'll automatically eliminate the ones that you don't want. So once you start doing that more and more, you'll start to see who you gravitate towards. And then those essentially become your people. So find your people. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, like when you're going out to these networking groups, just little piece of Miranda advice, because all of you know, what's the one thing everybody knows about me? You're loud. Really? <laughs> we can find Miranda a room. She's I might give slow. Miranda a run for her money. So. <laughs> That's true, too. That's true, too, too. But the green, guys, like, have something oh. about you that oh, yeah. will also stick in their head. Like, when I first started, I had nothing. Three years ago, nobody knew me. I was Miranda Taylor. But, like, green's <laughs> your power color. Miranda's power color is green. Okay, everybody doesn't have to pick a color, okay? It's, yeah. you know. I know, I was wondering how you didn't get the green oh, memo okay, tonight. She wears black. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> All the time. You very rarely see me in colors. Which is funny because your cards are, like, hot pink. But, uh, <laughs> but with that being said, like, have something about you. Like, whether it's a fun fact. Like, if you wear glasses. Like, you can do a physical attribute. Mm -hmm. I decided to make a commitment that I'm going to wear green every day. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. But, like, the story behind my green, which we won't get in today because we're going to be running out of time but like
people remember that. And mm -hmm. every single time I tell the story about the green, people remember that about me. And then we usually can connect on some kind of level as to why Miranda wears green. Or they'll remember my glasses, or mm -hmm. they'll remember my hair color, or they'll associate me with Irish because I work for a company that has a clover. Like, mm -hmm. all of those kind of She's things. She's all in alignment. Yes. Green. Everything <laughs> is green. But... With that being said, like, come up with something about yourself that is a fun fact for people to remember that is memorable. And if you're struggling with what that is, ask your friends. And if you don't have friends, you know, talk to your stuffed animals and figure, <laughs> figure it out. Because everybody, when you introduce yourself, it starts to just become, like, a natural thing. Mm -hmm. You know, also, everybody knows I'm kind of airhead. Like, I, like, you know, I... I, I exuberate that kind of energy, but everybody also knows I'm really smart. Like, it's one of those things where the way I carry myself is I carry myself how Miranda Taylor is, how I am, and always stay true to that authenticity because the second you're not authentic, the second that, you know, if I started using big words, people would be like, where did Miranda go? <laughs> That's um, so true. <laughs> so I used to do consulting. I still do here and there for people, but I do it for free now. People would never like meet me. Like they'd see my business card, but they never ever really like see my face. So the one thing that I could always do is wear a flower in my hair or wear something floral um, because I was meeting people that again were complete strangers and somehow knew somebody of somebody who said, hey, help me with this because you know how to do this. And so when I would meet people, I'd be like, hey, by the way, I'm probably the only one here wearing a flower in her ear and it's going to be this color today. And then that's literally how people got to know me. And they, they're like, oh, why do you wear a flower here? I'm like, well, because I'm Hawaiian. So I'm like, if I, that wasn't the one thing that you couldn't tell based off of looking at me, then now you know. So like if that, find your like trademark look or find your signature color, find anything that really exudes for you um, because it, it does, it does carry on because now everybody always knows me like from a business standpoint or when I go to these events, oh, that's the girl that wears a flower in her hair all the time and she wears floral all the time. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Nikki, what's your like go-to thing when you're introducing yourself? It's my business card. I left my business cards at home. I have square business cards. So it's just a little different. different. And so uh, there have seriously been times I've been out and talking to people and I've handed some of my business card and they've been like, I've met you. I have your business. I recognize this. Like the branding, that mm -hmm. image, that self, like how do you set yourself apart? It seems weird, but I've had so many people like if they get that business card for the second time, they're like, oh my God, I I have met you before. And then usually it will like call up in their head, like, oh, it was at this event or, oh, it was at that event. Oh yeah, we spoke about this. And it's just a great little, cause I don't remember everyone. I've met so many people. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can easily play like six degrees of Nikki Mahoney in this city, which was why well, it was kind of shocking that I was like, I've never met these two before. And my guy was like, I like, you don't know these people. And I was like, no, I've never met them. This should be fun. Because <laughs> that's we're best friends because yeah. like totally. that's the vibe I give off. Like everybody that meets me, we're now best friends and I love them forever. And you can't get rid of me. I'm a cockroach. So, well, <laughs> That's okay. Everyone's got to have their thing. I'm, you know, usually what people love most about me kind of drives them insane after a while, but I'm definitely a tell it like it is sort of person. Years ago, I had to take a personality test for, and I had to talk to the personality counselors for this job I was taking. And this counselor was like, this is so weird. 
We test you on three different levels. Who is the person you give to the public? Who is the person you give to your family and friends? And who are you truly? <laughs> you are the same damn person on every level, and we don't see this very often. <laughs> and I was like, surprise! <laughs> but, I mean, it goes back to that awesome authenticity and accepting yourself for who you are and what you believe in and what you're going to show the world. And, yeah, I'm passionate about weird things. I'm passionate about accounting. If I start talking to people about their stuff, like I have bad buy-in habits with my clients. Like this is, we're, we're in this. Mm-hmm. Like we're together. And I was telling Miranda before, like just because of the nature of what I do, I almost always end up becoming friends. Mm-hmm. I have previous clients who don't even live in the country anymore, who still are texting me semi-regularly just to touch base and like hey how's it going what are you up to let me show you my new project i'm working on and stuff like that and it's so much fun and because i went to a networking event Mm -hmm. because i met somebody who knew this gentleman and thought i'd be a good fit for their company for the problems they were having and i went in as a contractor and just kind of cleaned up the mess and started working with them on a regular basis and it was great. It's just crazy. I went to like a YP summit um, last year and I met so many people and somebody had reached out to me from that event. And I was like, can you help me do this? And I'm like, yeah, I can help you do that. Mm-hmm. And it was for resume. Like she wanted to get into a different job, a different field. She wasn't getting paid adequately. I'm like, of course, I'll do it for you for free. Just donate some money, you know, whatever. And she ended up doubling what she was making and got two different uh, job offers from three different school districts. And it was just crazy. I would have never met her if I didn't give her my card. And then it may not have happened right away. It happened like a couple months afterwards. But it's just like weird how things kind of all align eventually. People that, you know, like you tend to gravitate towards. And then that just happens naturally. And then they just become like, she still messages me all the time. So it just becomes like, okay, like, how are you doing? Like, And then she referred somebody else to me. And then that word of mouth that you were talking about. Once you build that relationship, that client and end up becoming that lifetime client who then refers more business to you or who says, oh, let me introduce you to so-and-so. That one person, like Miranda will say it all the time too, for her for her people that have bought houses right from her before that are like, hey, my, my friend did this and it's a referral, right? You are only as good as the last client in which you served. And if that client then becomes a lifetime friend for you, then that's going to be the lifespan of more clients to come for you and potential more business and more referrals just by one word of mouth connection. I would prefer good word of mouth connections to maybe five people that I have that are giving me versus all the people on Google or all these mm-hmm. like people. I would prefer those because those people really know me. And to like sum that up and to kind of sure up this podcast because we can talk forever (laughs) with that being said like remember as an entrepreneur there's a lot of things that you need to focus on you know you have to focus on money right right yeah you have to focus on money you have to focus on like recognition because you want people to know you yeah your branding's important and you have to focus on relationships relationships are so important you should not be transactional but more, most important, in order to focus on all of those things, you also have to focus on growth. And accepting yourself for who you are is a big aspect of that. I think so many people don't understand how powerful just being you 
is when it comes to your growth. And when you start growing into yourself and you start becoming who you want to be, when you start wearing those different hats, mm-hmm. when you start accepting all the things that are amazing about you and all the things that kind of suck, you know, mm-hmm. when you start accepting those and wear them like a badge of honor, people gravitate towards you. People build those relationships with you and it's not transactional because we don't want to be transactional human beings. We don't want this to be our last conversation, Nikki. We don't want you to come on our podcast and it be done. We don't want that. We want this to be monumental. You know, anytime Camille, you know, the first time Camille and I met, it was monumental. And now we have a full-on freaking business together, (laughs) which is crazy because it was weird. But all of those relationships that you build and you cultivate, remember that. Like, remember the most important thing is your personal growth. Mm-hmm. Once you grow, all those things will fall into place. Your relationships oh, yeah. get better. Your recognition gets better. You know, money gets better. Green follows green. Guys, follow with your heart. Do the things that you love, and the money will come. With that being said, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, oh, thank you is- so much for having me. We didn't even touch on everything, so I'm probably going to have to be back because... We need to talk about the stuff for kids. Yes, we do. Challenge Island. Go Google it. And then we'll come back and talk about it later. Do that. And then we can do an event here. Because I'm a woman in STEM. So that's Mm. what I I do with the Nebraska Women in STEM. I'm a part of that. Nice. uh, WCA. So... Yeah, so we definitely have to do something. So let's do something oh, here for yeah. the event for the kids. Family, family yeah. nights. We do family nights, and it's a lot of fun. No screens. Okay. No screens at all. No screens. No screens. With that being said, thank you all. And again, thank you, Nikki, for seriously coming on the show. I'm so excited to see where our relationship moves forward because I've just connected with you so much today. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. So fun. So fun.